Hello everyone and welcome to a side series of relics from the past uh, which basically it's going to be sort of like relics from the past but there's going to be more episodes of this because there is a lot of old time radio out there and since I think people need a good laugh uh, this episode is going to be roughly a little over an hour um I'm going to put together a couple of episodes of a old-time radio series called The Great Gildersleeve. The Great Gildersleeve was a situation comedy that ran between August 31st, 1941 to 1958. It uh, starred um, Harold Perry as the original Gildersleeve, and then um, after that... It starred Willard Waterman as the Great Gildersleeve. Um, pretty much, Great Gildersleeve uh, used to have a catchphrase, which is, You're a hard man, McGee. Because he was on a radio show called Fibber McGee and Molly. Well, this first episode of the Great Gildersleeve that I'm going to play is one of my favorite episodes of the show out of all that I've listened to. And uh, it's pretty much about a drought, and they need rain in Summersfield. So they are trying to do everything because the water is going down. Because... Uh, Gildy, as they call him in the show, short for Gildersleeve, is the new water commissioner. So here's an episode of the great Gildersleeve entitled The Rainmaker. Kraft presents The Great Gildersleeve. <laughs> Cheese Company, makers of parquet margarine and a complete line of famous quality food products, presents Harold Perry as the Great Gildersleeve. Kraft brings you the Great Gildersleeve every week at this time, written by John Whedon and Sam Moore, with music by Claude Sweet. Great Gildersleeve in just a moment. Do you know that there's a spread for bread that's made by Kraft and that it's called parquet margarine? Well, sure you do. Most everyone knows that. But do you know why this spread for bread that's made by Kraft and is called parquet margarine tastes so good? Well, it's that fresh, delicate flavor that makes parquet taste so good. And do you know that every pound of this spread for bread that's made by Kraft and is called parquet margarine and tastes so good contains 9,000 units of important vitamin A. Well, then, listen to more good news. This nourishing spread for bread that's made by Kraft and is called parquet margarine and tastes so good and contains vitamin A also is one of the most economical energy foods you can buy. So, enough said. Tomorrow, ask your dealer for delicious, nourishing parquet. P-A-R-K-A-Y, parquet margarine, made by Kraft. <laughs> drop in on our friend the great Gildersleeve in Summerfield. The town is suffering from a long, dry heat wave, I'm sorry to say, and Gildersleeve, like the rest of the fat men, is suffering more than his share. We find him now at breakfast with his family, considerably past the time when he should be downtown in his office at the water department. Ugh, hot. Leroy, could I have the newspaper, please? In just a second. Oh, you mustn't disturb him, Uncle Mort. He's reading the funnies. Well, I want to read the war news. Leroy? Uh, uh, nothing new. Patton went through a couple more countries. Leroy, I... 
Who's that? I'll go and see. Who's that at the door? We'll take care of it, Bertie. Well, good morning, Marjorie. Is your uncle still here? Oh, yes. He's been very slow this morning. Come on in. Thank you. Well, hello, Judge. Come in. Take off your coat. Relax. Oh, I'm perfectly comfortable, thank you. He's bothering you. Uh, must be wonderful to be skinny. <laughs> What's on your mind? Have you seen the morning paper? Not yet. I haven't been able to get it away from Leroy. But by George, I... Here it is. You don't have to grab. Hi, Judge. Hello, Leroy. Here. Let me read you the item, Gildy. You'll love this. Yeah? Mayor Cyrus Terwilliger was the victim of a freak accident last night when his car skidded on State Highway 47 where it passes the Summerfield Reservoir. The mayor suffered minor lacerations and contusions. Yeah, too bad, wasn't it? <laughs> Investigation of the cause of the accident led to the discovery that a number of live eels were leaving the reservoir. Eels? They were crossing the highway at this point, and it is thought the mayor's car skidded on striking the procession of slippery creatures. Eels? If you ask me, the mayor was full of root beer. Well, what were the eels doing walking across the road? You know, come to think of it, there's an old belief that when eels leave a pond, it means it's going dry. That's nothing but a superstition. Eels. Why, the Summerfield Reservoir is full of water. Always has been. The whole thing is ridiculous. <sighs> Maybe I'd better get down to the office and look into this. <laughs> some people waiting to see you. Bessie, I can't see them. There's one man that's been waiting for quite a while. I don't care. Here's his card. Card? Uh, Professor Luther Teaberry, rainologist. Uh, send him away. Send him away, Bessie, and get me Charlie Anderson on the phone. Charlie Anderson? Yes, Bessie, the engineer out at the reservoir. Oh, he's one of the people that's waiting to see you. Well, show him in. He gods, what's the matter with you, Bessie? By George, I'm going to have to let her go. <laughs> Well, Commissioner, you sure keep bankers always. I've been sitting out there since 8 30 waiting to see you. Where the dickens is. Now, Charlie. <laughs> Leave us alone, please, Betty. Yes, sir. Charlie, what's the water situation out at the reservoir? How's she holding up? That's what I come in to see you about. We're put in there dry. Well, you're a fine engineer. If the reservoir is that low, why didn't you warn me? Warn you? I've been sending your reports on it every day for a month. Didn't you read them? Well, I. Uh, let me see. Would they be in the in-basket or the out-basket? <laughs> oh, uh, here they are, in the immediate action file. <laughs> uh, quite a few of them here. Yeah, well, I sent you 20 or 30. Oh, yeah, well, let's see. According to the most recent, the water is down to 18. Uh, is that feet? No, it's inches. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, if she drops another three inches, the intake pipe on the pump will be out of water. What happens then? What do you think happens? We pump air. Folks will be taking baths in there. They'll be washing their clothes in there. They'll be... I understand, Charlie. But why can't we lower the intake pipe a few inches? Can't you do that? No, you can't. Lower it three inches and you'll be pumping mud. Folks will be taking baths in mud. They'll be... Yeah, they'll taking... be washing their clothes. Yeah. Yes, all right. <laughs> well, Charlie, we've got to keep calm. That busted, what do you want? Sister? Didn't the commissioner say we wasn't to be disturbed? Now, Charlie, we did wish privacy, Bessie. What is it? Well, the mayor just called. He wants to see you right away. Oh. Well, you tell that fat head to go take a rather jump. Oh, in no, Charlie. Under the circumstances, I think I'd better go and see him. Hot today, isn't it, Your Honor? I'll uh, be with you in just a moment. Yes, sir. Pardon me. Keep me standing here, the petty bureaucrat. <laughs> Miss Riggs, have you got those tax figures for last year? They're trying to make himself look important. Well, if you'll just call me when you have them, please. Yeah, put them on your Yes. <laughs> now, Gildersleeve, sit down. Uh, thank you. I was sorry to hear about your little accident last night. Well, well, it may have been a blessing in disguise since it called my attention to the state of things out of the reservoir. Well, I certainly hope you don't believe that old superstition about the eels leaving a sinking pond, Your Honor. <laughs> amusing theory, though, isn't it? Very amusing. But what are the facts? Uh, facts? Yes. Is the town in danger of going dry or not? Well, I wouldn't want to say we're in danger, but at the same time... <laughs> yes? Well, I wouldn't want to make a definite statement without getting all the facts. Well, confound it, get the facts. 
I want a complete report. Well, I... And I want it in 48 hours. 48 hours? Why, that's only three days. It's two days. <laughs> and I count on it? Uh, you can count on it, Your Honor. I'll make it my personal responsibility. Very well. For your own sake, I hope the report is satisfactory. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, one thing more, Gildersleeve. Uh, yes, Your Honor? I wouldn't want you to think all this has anything to do with the fact you ran against me for mayor. Oh, uh, it hasn't? Uh, nothing whatsoever. I'm simply doing my duty as I see it. You understand that, don't you? Oh, yes, Your Honor. Bureaucratic old weasel, small-time potato. <laughs> oh, thank you, Your Honor. Thank you. <laughs> a report, Tussie. I'll give him a report. Let's see. To begin with, there's no water. We'll have to find a better way to say it than that. Oh, well. Yep. Something leaky. Huh? What? what? Who? What? Have you got a moment, friend? Who are you? Well, you have my car there, Professor Luther Teabury. Oh, I, that, uh... Bessie. What are you doing in my office? Oh, that I'll explain, friend. That I'll Hey, wait a minute. What are you locking that door for? Well, what I have to explain is of a scientific nature. Huh? Mm-hmm. Enemy ears may be listening. No, look here. I'm a busy man. Oh, sure, my friend. But if you will give me just five minutes of your time... Well, what do you want? Uh, tell me, Mr. Gildersleeve, what would a cloudburst be worth to you right now? Cloudburst? Mm-hmm. How would you like it if it rained cats and dogs tomorrow and just kept right on raining? You mean you can make it rain? That's what I mean, friend. That's what I mean. Oh, brother. <laughs> uh, oh, wait a minute. Look, I'm a busy man. I haven't got time to listen to any nonsense. Ah, mm-hmm. I seem to detect a little note of skepticism. Only natural, of course. There are charlatans even in this business. But let me ask you, uh, you've heard of Benjamin Franklin? Certainly I've heard of Benjamin Franklin. I've heard of Alexander Hamilton, too, and Thomas Jefferson. Oh, you have? Oh, well. I uh, get around. No. Yes, <laughs> well, now let me tell you. Uh, Franklin proved, uh, that is, if you remember, that thunderstorms produce electricity. Is that right? Well, I guess so. Mm -hmm, very well. Then why shouldn't electricity produce thunderstorms? Well, I don't know. Why shouldn't it? No reason at all, friend. No reason at all. Now, I have patented an electronic device which does just that. It generates high-tension electrical charges, which are transmitted by means of a reverse lightning rod to the clouds up above. Uh, mm -hmm. Gradually, the potential is built up there until it's sufficient to cause a discharge. In other words, lightning. Lightning. Mm -hmm. The lightning breaks the atmospheric tension, causing precipitation. You follow me? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, if you'd care to see my credentials, here are some newspaper uh, clippings. Very interesting, very interesting. But there's one thing I'd like to ask. Yes? How much do you charge for this? How's that? I say, how much do you charge? <laughs> oh, there's no charge. No, uh, that is as such. Huh? No, my interest in this is purely scientific. Well, fine, in that case. All I require is an advance payment of $500. $500? Yeah, to help defray expenses. Good day, Professor. Oh, now wait just a minute. I've wasted all the time I'm going to. You better think it over, friend. And don't call me friend. Good day. I still say you better think it over. What am I thinking of? I ought to have my head examined. A rainmaker. Let's get back to this report. Phew, no water. <laughs> By George, if that fellow could make it rain. After all, they laughed at Edison. They laughed at Marconi. Uh, Professor, come back here, friend. <laughs> Gildersleeve will be with us again in just a few seconds. You know, most of us like to eat bread at every meal, and whether you prefer it as crunchy toast, as a plain slice from a gold-encrusted loaf, or as rolls and muffins, you're sure to enjoy bread at its best when spread with delicious parquet margarine. Kraft makes parquet margarine, so naturally you'd expect parquet to taste extra good, to have a fine, delicate flavor that really satisfies. And remember, parquet is more than just a good-tasting spread. It's a splendid energy food, one of the best you can eat. Equally important, Kraft fortifies parquet so that every pound contains 9,000 units of essential vitamin A. So for good nutrition and real flavor enjoyment, too, buy and serve parquet, P-A-R-K-A-Y. 
This economical, nutritious spread for America's bread requires only two ration points a pound. So ask for Parquet, the quality margarine that's made by Kraft. Get back to the great Gildersleeve, who really seems to be on the spot. In desperation, he has contracted for the services of Professor Teaberry, the eminent rainmaker, but he's keeping very quiet about it. We find him now on his way home from the office, seeking solace in the company of his old friend and family pharmacist, Mr. Peavy. Hello, Mr. Gildersleeve. Hello, Peavy. <laughs> hmm, that's hot enough for you? Don't mention the weather, Peavy, please. Excuse me, there's a fly on that table behind you. <laughs> I wonder if you'd be good enough to... Here, here's the water. <laughs> Darn flies, they get all over everything. <laughs> Always buzzing around. Hey, it's like Mark Twain said, everybody talks about the weather, but nobody does anything about it. Peavy, how much longer do you think this dry spell can last? Well, that's hard to say, Mr. Gildersleeve. Hard to say. But you know, they tell me, that is, people who've been out there, they tell me it's got so bad the eels are leaving the reservoir. Well, that was in the newspaper. Don't tell me you believe all that stuff about eels. Well, I don't know. It's pretty hard to fool an eel. <laughs> eels are pretty slick. <laughs> yes, they're pretty slippery, too. But that doesn't mean they know more than you and I do. Yeah, no, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> an eel can be wrong, you know. Have you ever known an eel to be wrong? I've never known an eel. Let's forget about eels, if you don't mind. I don't like them. Squeamish? I'm not squeamish. I just don't like them. Uh, Peavy, tell me something. Yes? Do you believe that science can produce rain? Mr. slave, you weren't thinking... Well, uh, I'm asking this for a friend. Oh. You see, I have this friend. He happens to be a water commissioner, too. Hmm. Lives over in, uh, well, I forget the name of the town. But they have a little problem over there. No water. Okay. Well, anyway, to make a long story short, Peavy, this friend of mine, the water commissioner, he discovered a scientist who claims he can manufacture rain. Now, my friend wants to know if such a thing is possible. Is uh, your friend asking me? I'm asking you. My friend asked me. What do you think? Well, I don't know any more about it than my friend, but you make things in your back room there. Do you know about science and stuff? <laughs> making a few ounces of barley water is a little different from making a cloudburst. <laughs> That's a pretty large prescription. I didn't say you could do it, but do you think it can be done? That's what I want to know. I, I mean, my friend does. Well, I'd be the last to say anything was impossible. After all, look at your fountain pen. Huh? But there's one word of advice I'd give your friend, if you see him. Oh, I'll be seeing him. <laughs> Well, tell him that if this, uh, this scientist brings up the question of payment... Oh, come to think of it, I believe my friend said the fellow wanted $500 for the job. $500? Hmm, that's a lot of money in any kind of weather. You're telling my friend. <laughs> well, my advice would be to pay the man after he produced the rain, not before. Hmm, I wish my friend had thought of that. If you ask me, Mr. Gildersleeve, it sounds as if your friend were a little soft in the head. Now, listen... My friend is just as smart as you are any day of the week, and don't you forget it. Goodbye, Peavy. Goodbye, Mr. Gildersleeve. Oh, and uh, my regards to your friend. Hey, Uncle. Hey, what are you doing up at 4 o'clock in the morning? I heard your alarm go off. Where are you going, Uncle? Nowhere. Can I go? No. Why not? Because. Oh, gee, you wake me up three hours before breakfast and you already... Leroy, me... quiet. Well, can't I come with you, Uncle? You can come with me if you'll keep quiet and stop asking questions. Okay. Where are we going? Out to the Eels. Uh, reservoir. <laughs> <laughs> what for? I, uh, I want to conduct some experiments. What kind? You'll see. So early. I want to get the jump on the weather. How are you going to do that? You got Leroy. Stop asking questions. You'll see when we get there.
I'm out, my boy. Charlie! Charlie Anderson! Here he comes, Unc. That you, Commissioner? Well, I quit. Dad busted, I quit. Uh, now, Charlie. You could get yourself another boy. Charlie, all I ask you to do is cooperate with the professor and help him out. Uh, professor, my eyes. <laughs> that gink's as daffy as a bonny bird. <laughs> Leroy, you know Uncle Charlie Anderson. Sure. Hi. Ah, kids. <laughs> as I said before, I quit. Now, now, uh, come along. You just let me handle the professor. You can have him. Look at him there with his head in that fool machine. <laughs> He don't know what he's doing. Uh, this is a little out of your line, Charlie, that's all. Yeah, out of his, too. Oh, <laughs> well, good morning, Professor. Ah, good morning, friend. A fine morning. Uh, but we'll soon change that, eh? <laughs> What's that thing? Now, Leroy, don't bother the Professor. The Professor is going to make rain for us. Oh, gosh, Uncle, you forgot your umbrella. <laughs> <laughs> the kid's all right. Well, don't <laughs> encourage him. <laughs> How about it, Professor? Is your apparatus about ready? Yes, all hitched up. Just in time. Just make uh, one more connection here. Fiddle, fiddle. Listen to him. Is he kidding? Now, if my good friend here will give me a hand with the engine. You call that an engine? Uh, give him a hand, Charlie. Oh, silly. All right. Fire. You may fire when ready, Gridley. Oh? Uh, turn her over. <laughs> oh, crazy. <laughs> You keep out of this, Leroy. Well, if at first you don't succeed, just try, try again. Once more into the breach, dear friend. What? Uh, turn it over again. Oh, this silly thing. as close as he'll get to rain. Yeah. Never mind, Charlie. We need the water. Let's save it. I knew it wouldn't work. Just an idea, that's all. Just an idea that cost $500. Your Honor, you sent for me? I certainly did, Gildersleeve. Sit down. Take your time, Your Honor, whenever you're ready for me. I'm ready now. Sit down. Uh, yes, sir. I've been working on my report, but I want Never to... mind the report, Gildersleeve. What the devil is this? That? Uh, oh. Well, I'll tell you, Your Honor. It's a requisition for $500, isn't it? Well, yes. And who authorized it? Uh, I did. You have no authority to requisition any such sum for your department, and you know it. Well, it was an emergency, Your Honor. What is the money for? Well, it was, uh, uh, to make it rain in Summerfield. To make it rain? $500 to make it rain? Who got the money? Jupiter Pluvius? <laughs> no, Professor Teaberry. He's a scientist. He knows a scientific way to make rain by electricity, and I thought it'd be a good investment for the town. Hmm. When is the professor going to make his experiment, uh, Gildersleeve? Uh, he made it this morning. <laughs> but I don't see any rain. Gildersleeve, I don't think this is going to surprise you particularly, but you're... I am not. I resign. You're fired. You can't fire me, you small-town bureaucrat. I quit. Well, either way, clean out your desk today. I'll get going. Oh, okay. <sighs> reports, reports, reports. Throw them away. Average water pressure for the year, 1942. Who cares about that? 
all water over the dam now. Here's something you might want to take with you, Mr. Gildersleeve. Huh? What's that? The, this clipping. It's the story in the indicator the day you became water commissioner. Oh, yeah. Let me see it. A new era in public service was promised Summerfield citizens today by Throckmorton P. Gildersleeve, who moved into his new office as water commissioner at City Hall this morning. Put it in my briefcase, Bessie. Yes, sir. Ah, oh, me. The path of glory leads but to the grave. <laughs> Were you speaking to me, Mr. Gildersleeve? Uh, no, no, I wasn't, Bessie. That is not particularly. Well, I guess I might as well be going now. Oh, Mr. Gildersleeve... It isn't going to be the same without you. Now, Bessie, you and the new commissioner will get along fine, whoever he is. Oh, but I like you. I can't stand to have you go. That's very nice of you, Bessie. I'll miss you, too. You may not be the best secretary in the world, but I'll miss you just the same. Oh, oh thank you. Uh, now, Bessie, confound it. <laughs> Hey, Commissioner. Uh, Charlie, what are you doing here? What's this I hear about you quitting? <laughs> well, it's true, Charlie. Well, if you quit, I quit. They could get another boy. That's the way I feel, too, Charlie. I want to quit, too. You keep quiet, that busted. I won't. <laughs> oh, now, Bessie, please. I want you both to know, you, Bessie, you, Charlie, that I value your loyalty. I value your friendship. Yeah. It means a lot to me, but you've got to stay on. You've got to stick to your job. <laughs> the city needs water. You'll have a new commissioner in a few days, and he'll need your help. He'll need more than that. The intake pipe is high and dry right now. Goodbye, Mr. Gildersleeve. Where's my hat? Oh, got it on. <laughs> Briefcase. Well, goodbye, Charlie. Goodbye, Bessie. Goodbye. Goodbye. Fine people. No man ever had better employees. Well, they'll carry on in the Gildersleeve tradition. Commissioners come, commissioners go, but the waterworks goes on forever. <laughs> well, we're home early, huh, Gildersleeve? Good night. I give the best years of my life to the water department. What thanks do I get? Good night, Commissioner. Commissioner. Oh, well. Oh! Rain! Rain! <laughs> uh, too late. Well, those are the brakes, kid. <laughs> happened to make a jelly roll this afternoon. I know you man that likes jelly roll. Uh, very sweet of you, Bertie, but I'm afraid I couldn't this evening. Tell the truth, I'm not very hungry somehow. Oh, you shouldn't take it so hard, Mr. Gillespie. It ain't so bad being fired. I was not fired, Bertie. I resigned. Well, it ain't so bad to resign. <laughs> well, I think you were lucky to be fired, Uncle Mort. I mean, it's lucky you thought of resigning. I think it's the best thing that ever happened to you. Why, you probably have all sorts of wonderful opportunities now. Such as what? Oh, I don't know, but something will turn up. Do you think we'll starve, Unc? <laughs> well, not immediately. I'd be glad to give out my music lessons. That'd save money. And I could quit school and take a job. Yes, well, I appreciate the offer, my boy, but that'll not be necessary. <laughs> I'll get it, Unc. If that's for me... I'm not in. Hello? Yeah, just a minute. It's long distance, Unc. Wistful Vista is calling. Wistful? Well, that must be Trevor McGee. Hello? That you, Merck? <laughs> <laughs> well, put him on. Fibber? Hello, little chum. How's Molly? Great. What's on your mind? You have? Uh-huh. 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 Well, sounds very interesting. Well, if it pans out the way you say, I might be willing to give up my job at the waterworks. Much obliged, McGee. I'll be hearing from you. 
So long. <laughs> well, those are the breaks, children. What is it, Unc? McGee and I are going to make a million dollars. Good night, everybody. Music on this program was directed by Claude Sweet, and this is Ken Carpenter speaking for the Kraft Cheese Company, makers of Parquet Margarine and a complete line of famous quality food products. Kraft invites you to listen in again next week at this same time for the further adventures of the Great Gildersleeve. If your family is passing up fresh green salads, here's how to stir up brand new appetite interest in these nourishing fresh vegetables. For a new surprise touch of flavor, zip up your salad dressings with tangy golden Kraft salad mustard. It's creamy smooth and blended to Kraft's own special recipe, made of choice mustard seed, mild vinegar, and fragrant spices. So you can use Kraft salad mustard in all sorts of tempting ways. It gives a grand flavor lift to cheese fondues and Welsh rabbits, blends smoothly into an appetizing cream sauce for hot-cooked vegetables, adds delicious flavor to deviled eggs and the cold meat cuts. So have a jar of Kraft salad mustard handy whenever you prepare meals, luncheons, or snacks. Buy that other favorite, too, Kraft mustard with nippy horseradish added. Head up your shopping list tomorrow with these two popular varieties, Kraft horseradish mustard and tangy golden Kraft salad mustard. Have you heard that Joan Davis and Jack Haley are back in the Seal Test Village store? Consult your local newspaper for the time and station. This is the National Broadcasting Company. Yeah, that was the great Gildersleeve uh, episode called The Rainmaker. That is like my favorite episode of The Great Gildersleeve that has ever been made. Um, that episode, according to the file, was from September 10th of 1944. Well, the next episode of The Great Gildersleeve on this podcast is... Another one of my favorites, which was aired on September 14th of 1941. This is Leroy's Paper Route. Kraft presents The Great Gildersleeve. Yeah. <laughs> Each week at this time, the Kraft Cheese Company presents for your enjoyment, Harold Perry as the Great Gildersleeve, written by Leonard L. Evanson. We'll hear from the Great Gildersleeve in just a moment. But first, let me remind you that fall is coming in winter, too. And when chilly winter weather really comes, your family is going to need plenty of wholesome, nourishing energy food. Now, one reliable and economical source of energy is parquet margarine, made by Kraft. Yes, this delicious new margarine called parquet is a protective food of high nutritional value. And to make it even better for you, Kraft adds important vitamin A to parquet margarine's natural goodness. 9,000 units to every single pound. Now, of course, all this wholesome food value wouldn't do much good if your family didn't like parquet margarine. Well, we think they will. Thousands of American families do. Yes, they like parquet margarine's delicate, satisfying flavor for table use, for baking, and for pan frying. Best of all, parquet margarine is economical, yet it's made by Kraft to the same high standards as all Kraft food products. But why not find out for yourself? Yes, why not try a pound or two of wholesome, nourishing parquet margarine tomorrow? Just ask for parquet, P-A-R-K-A-Y. And now for the adventures of the great Gildersleeve. Yes, and now I'll check the grocery bills. Nine and nine is 18, and eight is 28. Uh, no, 26. 
And seven is, uh, let me see, 33 and five is... Uh, what are you doing, Uncle 33 and... Uh, oh, now I've lost my place. Sorry, I disturbed you. Yeah, that's all right, Marjorie. I was just checking your household expenses. Part of my job is guardian for you and Leroy, you know. But we never had any trouble with little things like that before. We never had to count a Judge Hooker before either. Why, that dyspeptic little judicial blunder. Oh, now, Uncle Moore. I'll let you get on with your work. Yes. Guess I'll have to start all over again. Nine and nine is 18, and eight is 28. Uh, no, 26. And seven is... Uh, Excuse me, Mr. Gildersleeve. Ham or beef? And seven... Lost it again. Ham or beef what? Filling. What filling? Sandwich filling. What sandwich? That's what I want to know. Ham or beef? Uh, cheese. Yes, sir. Yes. Nine and a cheese sandwich is 18 and... Uh, 26. Well, I got it right the first time. And seven is... Say, Uncle Mort, supposing I could buy a swell airplane motor cheap, what would you say? Nine to nine is 18. Where am I? Oh, back at the bottom again. But I can, Uncle Mort. I can buy a practically brand new Bumblebee plane motor for $19 from Piggy Banks. It, what are Piggy Banks? They aren't anything. He's my pal. Yeah. And this engine is such a bargain, I'm ashamed to buy it for that price. You needn't be ashamed, Leroy. You're not going to buy it. But Uncle Mort... Young man, you're far too young to take up flying. But this is a miniature plane motor. It fits right in my model super-duper swooper. You... <laughs> Uh, oh, a model plane. Well, I forgot you were a flying bug. <laughs> That's a good one, Uncle Mort. Yeah. How's about that $19? Yeah. Now, hold on, Leroy. $19 is a lot of money. Oh, not for this motor, Unc. Piggy never pop with it except his plane made an emergency landing into his pop store window. And he wants $19 for the motor? No, he wants $19 for a new window. Yeah. Can I have the dough, Uncle Mort? Well, I'm afraid not, Leroy. That's quite a large sum. And you know I've got to account to Judge Hooker for every penny you children spend. Oh, why can't he keep his nose out of our business? Uh, but that is his business, Leroy, sticking his nose into other people's. And he's got plenty of equipment for the job, too. <laughs> oh, but gee whiz, Uncle Mort. I bet you had a model airplane motor when you were my age. When I was your age, my boy, there were no airplanes. Everybody thought the Wright brothers were wrong. Well, <laughs> well I, I bet you had some hobby. Uh, let me see. What did I have? Oh, yes, yes, I had dynamite. Dynamite? Yes, dynamite was the name of my Shetland pony. Oh. He was my hobby, that little horse. <laughs> I can see him now. Bless his shaggy coat. Well, if, if you could have a big horse, Unc, why can't I have a little motor? Because I earned the money to buy dynamite, my boy. You earned 19 bucks? How'd you do it, huh? Well, uh, selling lobsters. I lived on the East Coast when I was a lad, and I got my spending money out of a string of lobster pots. I never knew lobsters grew in pots. They, they don't grow there, Leroy. That's how you catch them. I can still remember how hard it was in the winter. Getting up before dawn, rowing five miles, sometimes in a biting gale, just to tend my pots. Rowing back to market with my boat full of lobsters and my hands full of blisters, then walking five miles to school. Yes. It's wonderful to think what you'll do when you're young and you want a pony. Say, whatever became of that pony? Well, I took dynamite to school one day and he bit the teacher. We didn't have school for a month. <laughs> Gee, instead of a motor, maybe I should get a pony. Yeah? No, I guess not. I'll stick to aviation. There's more of a future than that. Yes. But, Leroy, I said I wasn't going to give you the money. Oh, that's all right, Uncle Mort. I'm going to earn it, just like you did. A splendid idea. <laughs> It'll help build your character, like it did mine. Yeah. <laughs> How are you going to do it? Oh, all I got to do is find a job and earn $19. Then would you let me buy Piggy's Bumblebee engine? I'll do better than that, my boy. Seeing that you're so ambitious, I'll advance you the money out of my own pocket. You will? Yes, and you can pay me back as you earn it. Oh, gee, Uncle Mort. <laughs> You've got a heart as big as your... As big as you are, Uncle Mort. <laughs> and, and don't worry about me paying you back. Uh? I'll get a job in no time. Yeah. And uh, uh, can I have the $19 now, Uncle Mort? Now? Yeah, Piggy's here with me. He can't go home until he gets the money. Oh, yes, I see. Well, here you are. Uh, 10, 15, uh, 17, 18, 19. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Hey, Piggy, it's a deal. Here's the dough. Yeah. Youth with its trivial problems. I wonder what kind of a job that boy will get. Need a boy? Oh, you don't. Need a boy? Oh, you don't. Yes, we have a morning paper route open. Got a bike? Sure. When do I start? Five o'clock tomorrow morning. 
Now, this is no sense job, young man. You've got to deliver those papers every morning, rain or shine. Now, do you think you can swing it? Oh, sure. I'm awfully reliable, mister. I take after my uncle. He used to get up every morning and roll five miles into the teeth of a gale and then roll five miles back. Oh, delivering papers? No, lobsters. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I guess you'll do. What's your name and address, young man? Leroy Forrester, 747 Parkside Avenue. Okay, Leroy. Now advance and take the early bird's pledge. <clears throat> Neither snow nor rain... Nor hail nor flood shall stop the carriers of the Summerfield Indicative Indicator from delivering their papers and collecting at the end of the month. I do. Good. Now wear this pin, your badge of honor as an early bird, and may its luster never be tarnished. No, sir. And remember, for every paper that isn't delivered before 7 a.m., you'll be Dr. Nickel. Leroy isn't usually late for dinner, is he, Bertie? No, ma'am. Dinner's usually late for him. Uh, have you tried phoning any place? I don't know where. To... Well, how about this young friend of his, uh, Porky Pine? No, uh, Hogface something or other. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, Piggy Banks. Uh, what's his phone number? Let's call him, huh? Well, congratulations, my boy. What you doing getting jobs at supper time? Yeah. What kind of a job is it, Leroy? Delivering a paper route for the Indicator Vindicator. Well, isn't that peachy? Indicator Vindicator, huh? Yeah. When do you start? Tomorrow morning at 5 o'clock. 5 in the morning? Yeah. Did he say 5? You hear what the boys say? Yeah. Yeah, that, that means I gotta get up at 4. Oh, Leroy, you can't get up that early. Oh, yes, I can. I'll set all the alarm clocks in the house. Oh, and... <laughs> Leroy, I'm afraid you're a little too young for that sort of thing. <laughs> Maybe next year. Oh, but you had a much tougher job, won't you, Tony? But Uncle's a big man. Yeah. Well, he wasn't a man then. He wasn't even an uncle. You promised me I could do this. Uncle Mort, you promised me I could do it, and I promised the circulation manager. How'd it look if we both broke our promises? It looked better than getting up in the middle of the night. Yeah, 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 I agree with you. Uh, this puts me in rather a bad spot, Leroy. What would Judge Hooker say about this? That it's building my character. Well. Now, I better go to bed if I'm going to get up at 4 o'clock. But you haven't had dinner yet. Okay, then, let's eat. What's delaying dinner, Bertie? What's delaying, he said. Look here, you, Leroy. We got ham for dinner, and whilst waiting for you, I've frizzled it, defrizzled it, and refrizzled it until it's frazzled. <laughs> Time to put on my makeup. I'm a sight. Gee, sis, I never knew you looked like that. <laughs> I like you better without makeup. <laughs> Looks like a skin rabbit to me. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> have you had anything to eat, Leroy? Oh, yeah, I fixed myself a swell breakfast. What did you have? A ketchup sandwich and a peanut bar. <laughs> Land of Goshen, boy, that ain't no breakfast. I'm gonna fix you some pancakes. What was that? Oh, just a little drizzle. A little drizzle? Why, Leroy, it's coming down in buckets. Where? Why, look at that street. It's flooded. Why, the water's running over the curb. You can't go out in weather like this. Oh, yes, I can. Neither snow nor rain nor hail nor flood shall stop the carriers of the indicator vindicator. I do. <laughs> you don't. Not this morning. Ah, oh, gee, Marge, I got my rubber boots and my slicker and my rain cap out in the hall, and I'll be riding my bike. You're not going out in that rain. Oh, shucks. This is nothing to what Uncle Mort had a face when he was a boy. He used to row five miles out to sea in a lobster pot. <laughs> I don't care if he... Oh, Uncle Mort. Why, he could take out the car and drive you around. I'm going to wake him up right now. Oh, gee whiz. Who ever heard of a guy's uncle driving him around a paper route? Oh, Uncle Throckmorton. That's very good, Judge Hooker. <laughs> <laughs> uncle Mort. Yeah, giddy up, dynamite. <laughs> uncle Mort, uh, wake up. Yeah. Wake 
up, Uncle Mort. <laughs> Who's that? It's me, Marjorie. Uh, Marjorie who? Oh, Marjorie you. <laughs> yeah. Good night, Marjorie. <laughs> no. Wake up, Uncle. Uh, what's the matter? Fire? No, rain. Uh, hmm? <laughs> it's coming down in torrents, Uncle Mort. It is, huh? Yes. Well, don't try to stop it. No, 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 Uncle Mort, you've got to get up. Yes, that's nice. Leroy insists on starting his job this morning, and you've got to help him. Yes, a very good point. You must get the car out and drive him all over his paper route. Yes, to build his character. What? I do? Yes. Now put on some clothes and come into the kitchen. Bertie's fixing some coffee. Uh, but coffee will keep me awake. Hurry now, Uncle Mort. Yes, all right. Uh, where's the light? Oh! What's wrong? I burned myself. That bulb is still hot. Why, Uncle Mort, what time did you get to bed? Well, I was reading a detective novel. It must have been about 3.30. What time is it now? Four. Oh, my. Don't you go back to sleep. Leroy's waiting for you in the kitchen. Yes, bright boy. People don't get the papers, Leroy. They'll understand it's called it's on account of the rain. Bertie's right, Leroy. No, no, look. I got almost a hundred customers. And if I don't deliver a hundred papers, I get docked a nickel apiece. That's five dollars. You do? Yeah, and suppose it rains steady for a week. Then I'll owe the company thirty-five bucks. Why, at that rate, it'll cost me a hundred and fifty dollars a month just not to deliver papers. <laughs> I can't afford it. <laughs> Uncle Mort is very kindly consented to drive you around, Leroy. Oh, gee, you shouldn't have disturbed him. He had it tough enough when he was a kid. He's entitled to some rest now. Uh, coffee. Here you is, Mr. Gill, please. Thanks. Yeah, somebody hold the saucer. I think I can handle the cup. <laughs> I, I hate to rush you, Uncle Mort, but we'll have to hurry. Uh, hurry? Where are we going? You're driving Leroy around his paper route, Uncle Mort, because of the rain. Uh, you better put on something warmer than that bathrobe and them pajamas. You know, summer's all over. <laughs> he won't have to get out of the car. Here's your overcoat, Uncle. That's all you'll need. Yes, uh, thank you. There, we're all set. Now let's go. Okay. Which way's the door? <laughs> right through here. Yeah. Oh, it's raining. What am I doing out in the rain? <laughs> You're going to help me deliver my papers. Uh, papers? What papers? said they'd leave the bundle right here on the porch. Where? I can't see any... Oh! Hey, Uncle Mars! What? They left the papers all right. Yes! Pulitzer, did they give you a newspaper route at the other end of town, Leroy? That was the only one open, Unc. Hey, I bet this reminds you of the good old days. What good old days? You know, when you went out to the sea, lobster potting. Yeah. Why, George, I wish I'd never brought those lobsters up. How much farther is it, Leroy? Oh, uh, just a block or two. Oh, no, stop right here. Yeah. Hey, here's my first customer. The Taj Mahal Bungalow Court. Yeah. You just wait here while I deliver four papers. Yeah. Better turn on the radio or I'll fall asleep. And so, if you're troubled with insomnia, why don't you trot right down to your nearest open all-night drug store and purchase a can of Dr. Dollop's delicious dream drops? Is that so? Yes. <laughs> and tell the druggist that Bert, the night clerk, sent you. Yes. And after you've taken a dozen drops, you'll doze into a delightful delirium from... That guy would put an owl to sleep. Okay, Uncle Mort. Drive straight ahead to the next corner. Yes. Yeah. Now turn right. Right. Oh, careful of that milk wagon, Uncle Mort. What milk wagon? I don't... Oh! 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 Yeah, whoa. Hey, you! What you mean, running into my wagon? Yeah, what are you doing in the middle of the road? I'm parked against the curb, you big chowderhead. Oh! Now, see here, don't you talk to me that way or I'll, I'll pasteurize you, you little half-pint feather. Look out, Uncle Mort, he ain't so little. He ain't? I mean, he isn't? Oh, well, he can't frighten me. I got a good notion to report you to the police. 
getting around that corner and smacking up against my wagon and shoving my horse into a mailbox. I didn't mail your horse, no. Oh? Yes, he's shaking up my milk, too. Well, that's good. Why don't you stay home nights like respectable folks? No, see here. I'm always having trouble with you playboys. Playboys? What do you mean? Why don't you fuck around the street? There, now see what you did. You woke up all my customers. I did not. You woke them up yourself. Well, let's get out of here, Uncle yes. Mort. I still got a lot of papers to deliver. Yes, that's right. Let's get out of here. It's too noisy. The nerve of that milkman. Parked in the dark. And by Jove, he didn't have his taillight burning, did he, Leroy? I didn't notice. Well, he didn't. I think I'll go right back and... Oh, no, no, no. We haven't got time, Uncle. Yeah. We've just been out for 15 minutes and I'm already half an hour behind schedule. Yeah. It's lucky for that milkman that you are. I'm just beginning to think of some things I should have told him. Funny, they always come just five minutes too late. You better watch where you're going, Uncle Mort. The water's pretty deep here. Oh. You might get off the road. Yeah. does seem to be getting uh, deeper, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, throw your flashlight on that sign over there, Leroy. Sure. Uh, can you read it? What does it say? Warning! No fishing allowed. Oh! Oh, my goodness, a lake. Uh, where's the street? I better turn around. Uh, it's back that way. Yes, I see it now. We'll be on dry land in a moment. Hey, don't worry, Leroy. Everything's going to be all right. Yeah. I, I think the carburetor's flooded with water. Boy, now we are in a hole. Yeah. I wonder what we can do now. Well, I... Oh, oh boy! Huh? We're going to get a break, Uncle Mort. Somebody's coming down the street. Well... Hey, mister, will you pull us out? Sure, partner. Oh, Nelly. Oh, Nelly. Oh, Hey, ain't this the car that ran into me over on Quinn Avenue? <laughs> yes. But wow. uh, <laughs> if you haven't got more brass than the Marine Band, asking me to pull you out. Yes, but I'm willing to pay you. No, thanks. Giddy up, Nelly. <laughs> no jumping your milk, both of you. It's getting pretty late, Uncle Martin. We still have a lot of papers to deliver. What are we going to do? Well, the car won't move, Leroy. Looks like we'll have to travel the rest of the way on foot. And I'm wearing bedroom slippers. Well, at least it stopped raining. Come on, Leroy. You take that bundle and I'll carry the rest. Ooh, the water is cold. <laughs> you want me to carry a piggyback, Uncle Mort? There's no time for joking, Leroy. Oh, good gravy. It's starting to rain again. Mort. Just 12 more papers to deliver and we're through. Uh, George, I'm soaked to the marrow. And on me, that's pretty far down. <laughs> Here's 2100 Burnside. It's your turn to put it on the porch, Unc. That's a long walk up there, Leroy, and I'm rapidly reaching the end of my tether. Suppose I just throw it up on the porch, huh? Oh, no, no, you can't do that. Us huh? early birds aren't allowed to throw papers, Uncle Mort. Well, I'm no early bird. I'll bet my aim is still pretty good, too. Oh, but we've got orders. Oh, it's all right, just this once, huh? Watch me place it on the porch. There it goes. Oh, oh, gee. It hit a window on the second floor. I told you it Let's not go... stand around, Leroy. We delivered the paper, didn't we? Come on, quick. We might as well get going. Operator. Operator. Where's that operator? Get me the police department at once. Hello, police. This is Judge Hooker at 2100 Burnside. An attempt has just been made on my life. Somebody threw something wrapped in a newspaper through my window. It might be a bomb. I'm trying a gangster in my court, and his mob is probably trying to rub me out. Get him at all costs. Spread out a dragnet. Do something. Attention, all cars. Proceed to 21st and Burnside Streets. Judge Hooker's home has been bombed. Stop and question everyone. Investigate all parked cars. Bring all suspicious characters to headquarters. That is all. Rosenblatt. Oh, listen to those sirens, Leroy. Must be some excitement around here. I wonder what... Uh, uh, did you sneeze, Uncle Mort? What did it sound like? Sounds like you're catching a cold. Oh. I only got four more papers to deliver. Why don't you go home from here? Oh, no, I wouldn't run out on you. Uh, well, if you insist, that's a different matter. Maybe I'd better get into some dry clothes. Oh, huh? sure. Just go straight down 
Yeah, so long, Leroy. See you at home. Oh, it's as cold as Judge Hooker's heart. And I'm as wet as a mad hen. I wonder if those policemen would mind giving me a lift home. Well, nothing ventured, nothing gained. Uh, hey, uh, officer. Yeah. Uh, hello, officer. I wonder if you're going my way. I'm all wet. I'll say you're all wet. Why don't you call a cab, mister? Well, you know how cabs are. They're like policemen. Anytime you need one, you can never find... Oh, what am I saying? <laughs> uh, present company accepted, of course. <laughs> Where have you been, buddy? Uh, oh, uh, hello. Uh, two of you. Uh, well, uh, I, I've been out delivering morning papers. Delivering papers and pajamas and bedroom slippers? Uh, an overcoat, don't forget. What do you think, Joe? Smells. Smells to me, too. Well, I assure you, officers, it's true. I, I did it all for my little nephew's character. Uh, we're building it, you know. <laughs> it was raining too hard for him to take his bicycle, so I, I drove him around. Yeah? Where's your car? It, it broke down. Where? Well, I can't tell you exactly, but it was right near a, a no-fishing sign. Yeah? Well, where's your nephew? Uh, he went that way. <laughs> Say, fellows, I'm terribly cold. Couldn't you give me a lift? What do you think, Joe? Okay. Get in. Oh, thanks very much. Ooh, uh, a gun. <laughs> yes. I hope this isn't going to be out of your way, boys. I live at 747 Parkside. Got it, Joe? Sure. Oh, but you're headed the wrong way, Joe. Oh, no, I'm not, buddy. I'm headed for police headquarters. Oh, my goodness. Now, Mr. Gildersleeve, you say your aim wasn't very good. Yes, Judge Rand. I hadn't had much sleep, and, well, I had the wind and the rain and my hair and my eyes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so, instead of uh, throwing the paper on this man's porch, you've broken upstairs window. Yes. I was trying to throw a curve, Your Honor. <laughs> well, Mr. Gildersleeve, your story sounds reasonable, and if you'll just wait in the sergeant's office till he can check it... Oh, gladly. I think you'll be able to go home in an hour or less. I want to thank you, Judge Rand, for being so nice hey. to me. Yes. I hear you caught the man who tried to kill me. Let's get a look at him. Here, here, one moment. This is a police court, not a pool room. <clears throat> who are you? Judge Hooker, Superior Court, Department 25. Well, I'm Justice of the Peace Rand, the Sunrise Court. Take off your hat. Oh, excuse me. I'm a little excited. My life's been threatened, and I want to confront the coward who... Gildersleeve. Yeah, hello, Judge Hooker. Do you know this man? Of course. What's he doing here? Well, we picked him up near your place. He's the one... Uh-huh. I see it all now. You were trying to... I was not. Don't lie. Order. Order. Yes, order. Order in the court. Order. Yeah. Now, Gildersleeve, you better make a clean breast of it. Confess... And I might be inclined to be more lenient. Say, wait a second. It's all right, it's all right. I'm trying this case. Now tell me, Gildersleeve, what was in that newspaper you threw into my bedroom? I don't know what was in the judge. I didn't read it. <laughs> now, Judge Hooker, I've heard this man's story. I'll listen I... to you later. Gildersleeve, you're guilty of breaking and entering my home. But, Judge, I've never been in your home. You threw something, didn't you? Yes, but... And it broke something and entered somewhere, didn't it? Yes, Then, but... by your own admission, you're guilty, and by virtue of the laws of the state, I hereby sentence you to one year. One moment, Judge Hooker. This isn't your court. I'm the judge here, and I'm capable of running things. Uh... All right, all right. I don't want to tell you your business. Then don't. <clears throat> Now, Mr. Gildersleeve, I don't think it's necessary to question your word any further. You broke Judge Hooker's window, is that right? Yes, sir. And for that, Mr. Gildersleeve, I'm going to require you to pay for installing a new window. Uh, yes, sir. Is that all you're going to do? No, not quite. Well, that's better. I've never before seen such disregard for the dignity of a courtroom or the rights of others, as you've shown here this morning, Judge Hooker. Who, me? Yes, and I'm going to cite you for contempt of court. What? $25 fine or 30 days in jail. <laughs> yeah, this is wonderful. <laughs> The great Gildersleeve will be with us again in a few minutes. But right now, I wonder what the parquet margarine users who are listening in would say if I asked them why they like parquet. Well, it's a pretty good guess that they like parquet first because of its delicious flavor. And a good many would answer, too, that they like parquet because they can use it so many ways. 
Yes, parquet margarine is so good tasting, you'll be proud to serve it at your table. And for the same reason, you like it for seasoning, for baking, and for pan frying, too. Why, more and more these days, good cooks are insisting on a flavor shortening for baking. A shortening that adds its own tempting taste to cookies, cakes, and pastries. And a flavor shortening is just what parquet margarine is. You'll find parquet's flavor makes it a delicious seasoning for hot vegetables, too. And a grand fat for pan frying that doesn't spatter or stick to the pan. And whether you use parquet margarine at the table, for seasoning as a flavor shortening, or for pan frying... Don't forget, parquet is a nutritious food and a reliable year-round source of vitamin A. Now, when you go to your food store, don't just ask for margarine. Ask for parquet margarine made by Kraft. Remember, Kraft's reputation for quality backs every pound of parquet. So be sure to say parquet margarine. It's made by Kraft. You know, Leroy, I don't think this paper route was such a good idea after all. Uh, I wish you'd uh, give it up. Well, I wanted to talk to you about uh, that, If Uncle you quit Mort. this job, I'll pay for that motor myself. Well, thanks, Uncle Mort, but... Now, stop I... interrupting, Leroy. I'll even buy you the most expensive model plane there is, if you don't carry papers anymore. Oh, but, Jim... Now, make to... up your mind, Leroy. Will you take my offer? Well, if you feel that way about it, okay. Fine. Yeah. Now, what were you going to say? I was trying to tell you, Uncle Mort... I was fired this morning. What? Yes. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> you have probably heard that September 15th through 20th is Retailers for Defense Week. During this week, your regular food dealer will be selling defense stamps. When shopping, you can help this patriotic cause by taking your change in defense stamps. Original music heard on this program was composed and conducted by William Randolph. This is Jim Bannon speaking for the Kraft Cheese Company and inviting you to be with us again next week at this same time for further adventures of The Great Gildersleeve. This is the National Broadcasting Company. That was another great episode of The Great Gildersleeve. As I said, this is going to be like a little side podcast. Um, I will just call this Relics of the Past uh, OTR. And um, we're going to be, or I'm going to be for that matter, um, putting together like a couple episodes of a series here and there. And just making episodes of this. These episodes are all kid-friendly, considering they come from a time when everything was pretty much kid-friendly. And this is just a way for people to take their minds off things for a while. It's um, very trying times right now. Very uncertain. So, people that's uh, hunkered down... In their houses, in isolation, quarantine, or whatever you want to call it, lockdown. This will help you pass at least an hour here and there. I'm going to try to put more of these out as quick as I can. And um, this will help a lot. I used to listen to Great Gildersleeve to go to sleep all the time. So you can go to like YouTube and they have... Um, playlist, I'm sure. I'm pretty sure that they had a playlist. That's what I would listen to. And just try to get some sleep. And, you know, pray to God that you live another day. Thank God that you wake up that next day. Give all faith to God. God can move mountains. God can do anything. But people just need to pray and pray and pray. And if you're on Kentucky's team, we have one of the best governors in the state of all this pandemic that's really doing a lot to keep us calm and just 
be good to each other and uh, you know check on your neighbors help your neighbors as Steve Brashear says be a good neighbor be a good teammate and on that note all I want to say is God bless you all I pray for you all and I hope that this thing is over quickly and I hope that we can go back to some normal. But as of right now, this is the world that we're living in. So until next time, God bless and I love you all.